T to classify yes, as three letters. Cause our history guys, we got Eric, Ellie, who else? We got Brian, listen every time, you know it's gonna be some drive. Everybody certified, it's pocket rock, ain't tell no lies. You really my lose your mind, can only put this in your time. All right, welcome back to the uh, Commanders Declassified podcast. I am your host, L.E. I also have Brian in the building as usual. Brian, how are you? I'm doing awesome, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, especially because we have a special guest in the house. We have uh, Scott Jackson returning with us. How you doing, Scott? Good, Ellie. How you doing? I am doing tremendous. And not that there's uh, a lot going on with the team or anything like that, right? But uh, before we jump into some of the stuff that's going on, we want to remind everybody to subscribe. Uh, leave a review, feedback, comment, whatever you want to do. Uh, make sure you stay in tune and plugged in. Uh, Scott, check it out. So the biggest thing going on right now is a Terry McLaurin situation, right? Because Terry McLaurin is one of those receivers that really relates to, uh, or, or people really relate to, I think. He's a hardworking guy. He's a third-round guy, wasn't a first-round pick. But I think people feel like he's earned his money. So I'm going to start it out like this. In terms of the Terry McLaurin situation with him not being here on a scale of one to 10, how big of a deal is that to you personally? I'm, I'm going to try to keep it at a five right now, but I, I got to be honest, like the further along we go, and it's just been like a one-sided conversation at this point with the team talking and you don't hear anything from Terry. I'm a little bit concerned about that because I do think there is a timeline here where you could talk yourself into saying maybe he didn't feel really comfortable with uh, what happened uh, you know, on the draft, obviously with the A.J. Brown getting traded and getting paid on the same night. And obviously the, the commander's taking a uh, wide receiver uh, in the first round. So uh, I think that part of it is, is a little bit interesting. Um, and look, they've made a big deal out of this. They've been talking about this since last year. I mean, they've been talking about how they've been, you know, cap conservative because of uh, guys they want to take care of that are theirs. And he's one of them. And they've mentioned him by name multiple times. So I don't think this is, you know, like this, some, um, you know, media creation or anything like that. This is clearly something they, they prioritize. And, and at this point, they have not delivered on. And, you know, we've seen this pattern before around here with prior regimes. And, you know, the longer you wait, the more expensive it gets. And then you get yourself in trouble, uh, especially if you get in that, that cap game territory, you know, or the, excuse me, in the tag game territory. Scott, I think you you, you touched on it right there. The uh, the longer you wait portion, this uh, group here, Ron Rivera's group, has this penchant for just slow playing everything. Whether you're talking about contract extensions, uh, decisions on whether they're going to trade anybody, just anything that they do, they seem to kind of wait to the last minute. Um, what, what do you think is the purpose behind that? Especially when we see everybody else around the league jumping on these extensions early, attacking uh, you know, some of these deals and trades quickly making decisions on players at, you know, the first possible uh, moment. What do you think about kind of the, this strategy from uh, from Rivera and his group? Well, you know, I just have a couple questions about it, Brian. Is like one is, is this their decision to be this way, right? Is this what they want to do? Is it the old fashioned way of doing business? Uh, let the market set itself, so to speak, and, and then then react from it. Uh, and if that's the case, that's that's obviously uh, you know a problem because, as you said, the league's going other ways. Think people are doing business differently, and uh, you know the more successful teams are proactive. They don't wait, uh, you know, and let everything set itself. Now it's worked to their advantage in some cases. Uh, the lower level guys, and obviously the guys they've paid higher for, they haven't done as well with in their short period of time here uh, in Washington. But then my other concern would be: is this a cash flow issue? <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's a fair question to ask at this point because clearly they don't spend any cash. 
uh, with with big signing bonuses right now. So then then that's a whole different conversation. That's out of the hands of the the head coach who uh, obviously takes a lot of the the, the bullets, so to speak. Uh, when it comes to doing everything here, you know, because he's the face and the voice of the franchise right now. But clearly, he's not the, the decider on everything. I mean, he has a boss like like the rest of us in the world. So I, I just worry about that because it does feel like, and we all aren't, aren't stupid, we watch what's going on around around us with all the other business stuff. Um, you know, it's not exactly like it's at the same level it used to be. So we understand that maybe there is there is a bit of an issue here with that, despite the high valuation. Um, nobody seems to, to really be bending over backwards to build a stadium or, or chip in to a high level with it. Um, you know, again, there's, there's money here and, and obviously an ownership group that is now down to just a, a family. It, it was a group and now it's just a family. So those are the things that, that I wonder, you know, and I think, you know, you could say, okay, just an old school philosophy that, that maybe needs to be retooled. And then the other part of it is, well, Hey, maybe somebody's telling them who, who you know, controls the checkbook. Now we can't do this right now. And that, that would be a bigger problem, I think. Yeah, that that would be just heartbreaking considering that they they knew this was coming. Right. You know, essentially since McLaurin started playing well his first year. A thought that's been going around a lot that I've really tried to not take in mentally is this idea that Dotson was brought in um as a uh, a safety plan in case the McLaurin extension sure. didn't work out, right? But then I started thinking about it. I'm like, man, you know what? They offered a lot of money to Cooper. Um, there were rumors about Allen Robinson. They went out and signed um, our guy uh, Samuel last year. And I'm like, man, that's a lot of you know uh, money or potential money that they were put into the receiver position. Um, number one, do you think that it's possible that Dotson was a potential replacement for McLaurin? And number two, do you think that the team views McLaurin as a true uh, number one receiver? Well, I mean, again, I, I'll just go by what they say because they, they talk a lot and it, <laughs> and it's not always, you know, the information isn't always the same and what the re, the reality of, of the way they play things. But the things they say uh, is they do believe he is the number one guy. Um, they've been looking for help, obviously. You know, the other guys you mentioned were years where Terry was obviously under contract already and, you know, they, they expected to add some other weapons. Uh, you know, the Dotson thing's interesting because, look, I, I said this, you know, a million times on the radio. I never really felt like receiver was this – oh, my God, you got to have a receiver in the first round kind of need. But when they went there, you know, it, it got like, okay, you know, they, they want to get more weapons. I get it. You got Carson Wentz. That's the big investment this offseason because you didn't go out and obviously, you know, spend in free agency. So your big move was to get Carson. So you want to make him as comfortable as possible. So I understand adding another player uh, on the outside. And plus, look, it's also, you could say it's Curtis Samuel insurance. I mean, he hasn't been on the yeah. field. Uh, you know, you can look at it that way, too. And, and again, rookie contracts are much cheaper. You control these guys for five years. So it's a lot different. Um, and, yeah, I mean, in, in some regards, maybe it is a little bit of insurance for Terry because, again, you never know which way these things are going to go. But, again, they clearly knew what the numbers were going to be close to. Uh, and as things started spiraling, you know, uh, you know, in the aggressive nature that it did with the receiver market this offseason, at some point, um, you would have thought maybe that that somebody would say, hey, we better get this done before, you know, A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf or Debo Samuel get something done. And, of course, boom, draft night, you know, we have the the A.J. Brown deal, which is, you know, brought the market up to another level. And now you're, you're sitting here and, and you're holding your breath going, man, I, I sure hope Debo Samuel doesn't get one of those deals or, you know, yeah. D.K. Metcalf prior to the commanders doing anything with Terry because, you know, that's it's going to be what it's, you know, it's going to be making it a little bit more challenged. But, again, they, they have – they have the space now and they said they've been budging it in for their own guys. 
So that, that's the thing that's kind of baffling as to why it hasn't happened. And as you guys know, in year one, I mean, I think the A.J. Brown deal, it's it's under $6 million, uh for the right. first year. And actually, the commanders have more cap space this year right now on the books than they will next year. So it might be better for them to do something with Terry where it's a little bit higher number this year and then lowers next year. You know, like there's a way to finagle all that. You know, and again, it all comes down to what is the cap, the cash over cap value you have, you know, and, the, and obviously the money, like what's the guaranteed money? Cause that's what matters the most. Yeah. Uh, Scott, I'll take the other side of Ellie's uh, question. He mentioned that the, uh, you know, right. One of the first things Ron did when he got here was throw a hundred million dollar offer to Amari Cooper. Yeah. And then, you know, later you have Curtis Samuel, who he is friends with, but still another wide receiver. And then now Jahan Dotson, do you think there's any kind of ill will on Terry, you know, kind of thinking, Hey man, I, I've, I've I've been making uh, chicken salad out of chicken, you know what? Every Sunday with uh, the quarterbacks that uh, that I've had to play with here, and this is kind of what you guys are going to do to me. You think there's any kind of ill will there? I don't know. If there's ill will because look, those two guys are Ohio State guys. He, he knew both of them well, and obviously him and Curtis are, are friends, and he was very happy for Curtis. But it wasn't really his time at that point. Remember, he was just going. You know, he was still just in year two of of that rookie deal at that point, or whatever. What? Yeah, it was year two, right? Yeah, year, year yeah, two of that year deal. Two after two years and so then year three just finished up and now we're going into year four. So, you know, I, I don't know, maybe, I mean, he doesn't, here's the thing, like the guys who don't talk a lot, like about that kind of stuff, you know, sometimes you're like, Oh, they're happy, but maybe they're not. Right, <laughs> so, right, you, exactly. right. So we don't really know, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, after time, you know, goes on, you're like, well, wait a minute, what do I have to do? You, you guys keep saying all this stuff. And we, and here's what we don't know. And, and you know, look to his agent's credit uh, to this point, they have not put anything out to say, hey, the team has disrespected us. You know, here's what they did. They did us dirty, you know, and who knows? We, we may get to that point at some point uh, where they go, they gave us this terrible offer. They're trying to get a hometown discount, whatever. So we don't know if there have been, you know, low offers made at this point that, have, that would come off insulting. But look, he, he's got to understand it. He knows the quarterbacks he's played with versus some of the other guys. Uh, yeah, uh, I know there's arguments against it. Like, oh, well, hey, you know, um, you know, there, like, what, what, um, you know, certainly, you know, Debo Samuel hasn't exactly had, you know, Joe Montana with with the 49ers, but you know, he had he had one really big year uh, with Jimmy G, and you know, Jimmy G's always kind of been hurt and not hurt, so you got to deal with that. AJ Brown played with Tannehill, but he's but all of them are still better than whatever the Commanders have put out on the field, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, DJ Moore is probably the only other guy you could say, all right. He ain't had a quarterback, right? Like, I mean, DJ Moore has kind of been like Terry. He's been kind of quarterback proof. But the other guys in that class and that group have had better quarterback situations, even though it may not be, you know, you know, all-world quarterbacks, but certainly better than what Terry's had to deal with. So just um, what – do you think that Terry's age would play a factor into the contract uh, moving forward, being that he's going to be 27 at the beginning of the season? Um, you know, as far as length goes, um, you know, you know, total value of the years and all that good stuff is, or is it really worth it to give him a five-year, 115 million or 120 million, or is it smarter to maybe play it into a three to four-year contract with an average annual value of the 25 mil? Well, look, I always say if you go longer, you can spread it out over more time. It cuts the number down. So there's different ways to play it, right? I mean, you can do that. Like if you really look at the AJ Brown deal, um, you know, they could probably get out of that business in three years, right? If they wanted to. But it'd still be some dead money there, um, you know. So it, it really just depends on how they want to structure it and go there. I don't. Again, if these were concerns, okay, if these were concerns, his age, oh, we don't think he's that good, whatever it may be. Well, then you should have traded him on draft night. I mean, you really. I mean, like, what are you doing here? I mean, really. I mean, you've gone to this point of the season of the off season with him still on your roster and still telling everybody, no, no, everything's fine. It's fine. 
we, we got this, we got this. Um, then it's a you problem, right? I mean, like, I, you know, I don't know what they think the structure needs to be. And, and it worries me if we haven't figured that out yet, or they haven't figured that out yet to this point, because again, you had a great window of like, man, everybody was getting stupid drunk on free on, on uh, wide receivers and overspending and like, Hey, it's three draft picks, four draft picks, you know, and, and then they were going to sign up the deals. If you really thought, Hey, you know what, this is too rich for our blood. That was the time. Now you're like, you wouldn't get nearly the deal. And again, this would be falling down that rabbit hole of the pattern that we've seen. Trent Williams, Kirk Cousins, Brandon Sheriff, just never getting the value out of the players that you really had no future with. And you kind of knew that at a certain point. And that's what would worry me. So, I mean, I, I kind of feel like now at this point, you got to be all in. And, and again, Ron Rivera has made such a point of this that how important it is to take care of your own guys, your, you know, your good you know, guys like John Allen, and he's brought Terry's name up so often. Now it's a credibility issue within that locker room if yeah. you don't do it. But, you know, again, stranger things have happened around here. So, I mean, I would never discount uh, discount the crazy for sure. Yeah, it, it, their financial situation doesn't really get better as the years go on because right. eventually you got to pay Chase Young. Chase Young's going to want quarterback money. Right. Montez Sweat's coming up soon. He's going to want near quarterback money. Yep. It just it, it really seems like the fruitful thing to do is to do, like you said, Scott, if you have to front load it a little bit this year to get a lot of that guarantee out the way and then, yep. you know, lessen the blow later in the contract, I think that's what you have to do. Um, on the field, though, uh, in terms of the the opportunity with Carson Wentz and Terry McLaurin, um, are you pretty excited about that potential combination this year? Yeah, no, look, I am. And that's what, uh, you know, I really thought because we've seen other guys like Lamar Jackson, you know, Debo and, and others go to camps, even though they they don't really love their current situation. So I really figured going into last week that Terry would be here. So I was a little surprised. And that's why I'm a little concerned. Uh, like I said, that there's something more to the story than we all know at this point. But yeah, I mean, I love it. I mean, Carson can throw the ball deep. Terry can run deep. Uh, you know, he's got a big arm. I mean, I mean, Carson, yes, he'll he'll throw it into coverage. He's a little bit overly aggressive at times, which is kind of the opposite of some of the quarterbacks we've had here uh, recently. He's definitely not Alex Smith when it comes to being careful with the football, uh, which could be again to his own detriment. But you know, you see him out there practice. He'll he'll put it in there. I mean, he's he's not afraid to do it and. Uh, he's got a real live arm and, you know, you guys have seen the still pictures of him standing next to the other quarterbacks outside of the Cole Turner guy who's, um, you know, who's like an NBA player. But I mean, you know, he looks like the father of the two kids, you know, they brought to practice with, with standing next to Heineke and, and Sam Howell, you know, I mean, they just, they don't look like the same, the same, like they're in the same league in terms of size and everything. And just not just you know height, but in terms of girth and everything. But yeah, I mean, look, the, whatever the, again, the, mental part of it, the leadership stuff, the personality that has hurt in Carson Wentz in the past. Okay. You know, that, that's one thing, but in terms of physical skills, you know, he's a huge upgrade. I mean, there's, there's no doubt now it's just like, can he handle it? If things get tough, is he going to be, you know, is he going to be uh, sensitive to, you know, every little criticism and, and, and things that people have said about him in the past? I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll find that out in real time if he has really gotten past all that. So hopefully he has, because, Again, the, the arm talents there, the, you know, the abilities, got athleticism still. You know, you guys remember last year, like in August, they were like, Carson Wentz is going to miss like four to six weeks. Remember that? Yep. Uh, yep. Before the season started, he's got his foot injury. And I'm like, oh, wow. You know, and then after they made the trade for him, I was like, yeah, he missed some games last year. I got to go back and look. Now, I actually played every game. Like, he, yeah. I don't know how he did. He was in COVID yeah. one week. I thought he was out. He played somehow. Uh, his foot injury was supposed to keep him out at least the first few weeks of the season he played. 
So I, I would love to, and this is one of the things that he actually has not had really been asked about to this point is like, like where were you physically last year with the Colts? Cause it does, I'm not sure he was ever in a great place. And, and clearly, you know, he's still never been the same guy since the, the back injury um, the year after the knee injury, which is, you know, certainly set him back some, but I mean, I, I like the ability of the guy, you know, I think again, if he can buy into the Scott Turner's offense and yeah, you have these check downs, you have a JD McKissick who can really help you, uh, you know, you know, obviously uh, Gibson's a good receiver too. And obviously he loves to throw the tight end as we know, and from Philadelphia days. So I, I think there is some potential for some really good things, but again, it, it, you know, it is said all the time, but it's true. It really, you know, a lot of this boils down to what, what Carson is or isn't, <laughs> you know, what kind of season they can have. Scott, I wanted to ask you about uh, Terry's uh, usage on the field. Uh, in 2019, his uh, his rookie year with uh, Jay Gruden, he was kind of in that intermediate to deep down the field. We saw him down the field a little bit more. And then kind of the past two years under Scott Turner, we see him uh, a lot of these shorter crossing routes, uh, not so much the deep shot. And, and a lot of that is probably the quarterback. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, being, you know, limited. Uh, what do you want to see uh, from Terry's usage this year? Where do you want to see him utilize? Is it that deep down the field or is it kind of the continued, the short kind of uh, crossing routes where he can, you know, catch it and then take it, you know, 40 yards. Well, I mean, I think the good thing about him is he can do all of what you just said. Like he could, you could use him in the intermediate routes, and he can take it to the house. You can, you can send him deep. Is you know, like the big highlight, obviously, his rookie year was that seventy-five yarder against the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, he can do that, as we know, if the quarterback can actually deliver the football. Uh, you know, again, you know, in those bubble screens, he he really gets ahead of steam and gets going. You know, when they when they get the opportunities for him out there, and it'll be interesting with him and Dodson how they kind of mesh the two because I think Dodson, you know, you can see some things where he can really open up. Uh, he can dictate coverage. You know, with with his ability to stretch field, Brown is also a field stretcher potentially. So maybe Terry works at intermediate to lower routes, and then with a you know they clear the zone out, that can really make some big plays for him. But you know, I think the the main thing is you know he's probably still going to be your one guy. You know, your number one guy. You know, once he, he's back, uh, he's going to be the the top priority. He's going to be the higher targeted player. Uh, he's going to be the guy that you know at times teams will like. Hey, maybe we should shade somebody over there for some help if we have to. We, we've seen that in the past. But yeah, I mean, I. To me, the, what the beauty of him is he's not just a one-trick pony. Like there, you know, Deshaun Jackson was great, and his one trick was awesome. But he didn't run slants. He didn't run underneath. I mean, he wasn't interested in any of that, man. He was interested in going, you know, or on the sideline. He didn't want to go across the middle. Uh, you know, he was not a full route tree kind of guy. Where Garcon would do everything for you, you know, and he was, you know, he was not afraid to to take it and just run people over. Although. Funny thing, talking to him this year, he he hated that. <laughs> he really? hated the end of the rounds. He hated. He sat. He, he gave me the Debo Samuel explanation where Debo Samuel supposedly ever sounded off on what he didn't like about Kyle's offense, which I thought was interesting. But he's like, I actually hated that stuff. You know, you're like, I don't want to get hit by linebackers. Right. That sucks. <laughs> or he ends. He goes, I want to get away from those guys. I want to get downfield. But uh, you know, the, those the thing about Terry is, I think he could do any of it, and he's comfortable with all of it. So. You know, and again, without seeing him out there, you know, it's kind of hard for me to answer that, Brian, because I haven't, you know, he hasn't been in these OTA days that have been open to us. So I, I don't know how they're going to mix it up. We're just seeing a lot of Dodson. We're seeing Brown, obviously, you know, Cam Sims, the tight ends. But, we, you know, there's no Terry. So it's kind of int- it will be interesting to see when he gets out there in training camp, which I assume will be. 
you just mentioned uh, a couple of those other guys. I know it's not a Terry question, but right. we assume if Terry gets out there, he signs a contract, he's the number one. Dotson will be essentially the number two. Who do you think is that number three? you think it's just Curtis Samuel, or do you think it's a mix of Samuel, Deami Brown, Milne, uh, Cam Sims? Like, it, it, you think that's kind of kind of be the, the recipe, or do you think there's somebody who emerges at number three? That's a good question. I think, like, look, I think certainly Dotson has you – know, him and – Gwens have had this really nice relationship, you know, in these practices that we see, you know, what well, we get to see. They're not really playing defense, as we know. <laughs> you get screamed at and cussed at for playing defense, as Jeremy Reeves found out the hard way last week. So yeah. uh, you just, you know, I, I would say it would probably be, you know, again, just based off of value and w- w- what they spent. Uh, I would say Curtis Samuel would probably be that guy. I mean, you, you want to get him touches. I mean, you are telling us that he can do all this stuff obviously the Debo Samuel was doing and he was doing it in Carolina and, and they've used him in a lot of creative ways. I would suspect he would be that guy and he catches a lot of those little bubbles at the line of scrimmage and he can run the ball. And as we know, so I would think he would get a lot of touches too. And I mean, and, that, and that's a challenging thing for Scott Turner. It's like, are you going to get 70 plays a game? I mean, cause it feels like you need 70 plays a game for all the guys we're talking about here, uh, you know, to get them involved. And there's going to be some games where, you know, guys aren't going to get and we're going to sit there after the game if they lose and go, oh, my God, you know why they lost the game is because, you know, Cam Sims had one target or something stupid like that. You know, but, you know, we'll we'll probably say something like that. But, you know, you know how it goes. Yeah, so they, they it'll be it, it'll be that'll be, you know, again, the challenge for, for Scott Turner. But again, if you stay on the field, if you move the football, uh, if your defense actually gets the other team off the field in third down, then we'll get to see all the gadgets and, and more touches for everybody. But I would suspect, yeah, it would be a Terry you know, either Samuel Dotson, Dotson Samuel, however, however that, you know, flushes out. And then the other guys, you know, Brown, you would think would have a bigger role this year, but we'll see. I don't, I don't know. I mean, he still hasn't, has to do with the lights on, you know, and, and Cam, look, he's the guy that always gets forgotten, but when he yeah. gets an opportunity, he always seems to be really good at it. That's right. So let's uh, pretend like this doesn't get resolved before training camp. And this actually, this situation with the contract drags into this season. What do you think the receiver who replaces Terry in the offense if he's not there because of the contract situation? Do you think Jahan Dotson is a guy who's ready to do that, or is that a Cam Sims thing? I don't think it would be Deami Brown personally, and I think Samuel's got such a niche. But what do you think about what do you think about who who would be the guy to step up in the event that well, Terry's I mean, not available? Right. Like, well, first of all, if he didn't show up, would be unprecedented, right? I mean, because you have to play in order to get paid. I mean, like, you can't just sit out. I mean, he's still got one year left on his deal. And then the worst case scenario is, okay, you got to tag him. But heck, for him, that's actually very lucrative because the tag number, you know, franchise tag number, if they went that route, would probably be in the neighborhood of, what, tw- anywhere between 22 and 25 next year or somewhere around there. I don't know. So that that's not a terrible thing if, if that were to happen. But, I mean, that would be completely crazy. But, yeah, I mean, it would be – it would have to be Dodson or it would have to be Samuel. But, I mean, I, I really think that would be, like, the nuclear – <laughs> like the nuclear scenario if that happened. I mean, that would be like unheard of for guy. But if that were going to happen, this would be the team it would happen to. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But yeah, I mean, it would be insanity. I mean, it'd be like, because you're losing a year of service, right? I mean, so it, it makes it makes zero sense. I mean, that's something Antonio Brown may do, you know, or would have done back in the day when he was, you know, full on, you know, crazy and talented at the same time. But now he's just full on crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think you have to worry about that. I mean, look, he, like Payne showed up because he has to play. I mean, everybody's like, well, what, what are you going to do if Payne, you know, goes half speed during the game? I go, well, then he won't get paid. So, I mean, it makes no sense. I mean, just like Terry, like maybe you figure, okay, this is over. Like Kirk knew that for how many years that this was over? 
for him in his mind. And yet he went out and, you know, he put up numbers and it played. I mean, and that, that's the same thing, you know, sadly Terry will have to do. I mean, you know, you, know, you, you mentioned thing. tagging him and I, in my mind, based on his, again, I'm going to go back to his age, yeah. but in my mind, based on his age, tagging him twice might not be the worst idea for either the team or for him. Because he's well, still a free agent at 29. So high, I mean, the cap number is then like close to it's actually close to your quarterback's number. If yeah. not higher. You know, that's the problem. But he gets his average really annual limits, value. And yeah, yeah, it limits what you can do elsewhere, though, is the problem. Because, again, we were just talking about the LE. They don't have a ton of cap space, you know, moving forward here. And they got other guys they got to take care of. I mean, at some point, you've got to pay somebody. I mean, it's kind of like the Nationals, right? Like at some point, pay somebody, damn it. You know, you know, sign somebody, you know, especially one that doesn't get hurt, at least. They did that with Strasburg, and anyway, um, but you know, pay somebody that like will be on the field and be healthy, and, and like this guy's done everything. I mean, you've asked like all the things that the, the staff, the new staff, has laid out about what they want in a player. He's checked all the boxes, and you know, again, here we are. So that's why I think it's, it is kind of important to them and for them, you know, for credibility with within their their own organization. I mean, beyond just the whole, you know, can he play or not? I mean, is yeah, of course he can, and he's always shown you that. Um, you mentioned Cam Sims and you said something that we say a lot on this show is that, man, when he gets in the game, he makes the most of his opportunities. Yeah. They just never put him in the game. What is it with that situation? I don't know, man, especially like in the red zone, right? Like, you know, he's a bigger receiver. So, and they didn't have a ton of big receivers for a long time. Now they have, the, you know, they obviously have bigger guys now uh, with, with some of the, you know, Logan obviously was really good in the red zone when he was healthy last year. Uh, they just drafted a huge tight end. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I really – I wish I knew. I mean, it was the regime before this one, too. You'd see him go out and make plays. You're like, you know, come on. And I just felt like the group before, you know, they got so hung up on, like, where guys were drafted and, like, you know, like who was where. Like, whereas I, I do think there has been more of an opportunity for undrafted guys or lower – you know, like the order doesn't matter as much to Rivera, which has been good. Like, they'll, they'll play people, you know, no matter where they are. I mean, last year – you know, people were like, well, what's going on early in the season when you're like, why is, you know, why is James Smith Williams getting snaps that, you know, <laughs> Montez Sweat or, uh, or or your Chase Young should be getting, you know, because they're like, well, he's good against a run and he's, you know, these guys are getting tired and, you know, there's some stuff going on here that we're not talking about right now. So, you know, they, they, they're a little bit more like that. Whereas, you know, with, with previous groups, I mean, I, like this guy, Zach Pascal, who's now, you know, on with the Eagles, who was with the Colts, who was pretty good. Went to my college, shout out to Old Dominion, uh, and also was a, you know, as a Prince George's County kid, like, he was here with Jay and that group, and, like, they never threw him the football in the preseason. Like, he got the return kickoffs, never really had a chance, then went to the Titans, was on the practice squad, played for the Colts for a few years, but it just always was like, no, nah, you knew he wasn't having a chance because they had their drafted guys, they had their free agent guys, and the people and they Ryan cared Branch. about, you know, there's this pecking order, and there's, like, there's no room for anything else, right? There's no room for anything else. And whereas I think the last few years, at least you've seen like a Steve Sims, even though he's gone now, and then uh, Wright, you know, and some of these other guys who made the team and at least had their moments, Isaiah Wright, you know, those are guys. But, you know, it didn't matter where they came from. It's like you put the best people out there. So hopefully, again, they, they re-sign Cam once again. They keep saying the stuff about him, but let's let's see if he gets it. And again, you talk about catch radius and all this stuff that is right. important, you know, and Carson Wentz seems to like to throw to bigger players. You would think that maybe there's some opportunity there for him. What do you think? Uh, you, you've watched Scott Turner's offense now for two seasons, uh, and uh, obviously 
limited at the quarterback position. Yeah. So that, you know, that's, uh, that's very hard to kind of get a sense of it, but you know, we, we've seen kind of how he operates games situationally. What do you think about his offense and his ability as a uh, offensive coordinator? Well, you know, like everybody, like when they win, I think he's a genius. When they lose, he's a <laughs> moron. Um, but no, I, look, I think they've moved, you know, like they have, they have, I think at times they can move the ball well and do some really good stuff. I think from week to week, you know, which, which sometimes frustrates the old school fans, like, well, what, what's our identity? He's changing it up. Why is he doing it this way? Well, he is kind of like the mindset of, you know, like the, the, the Patriot mode, which is, hey, we're going to attack what you suck at. You know, like we can do whatever you're really bad at. That's what we're going to, we're going to pick at that and pick at that because that's, that's not what you do. Now, they also, I think he also probably fights a little bit. The met, you know, he's got his head coach in his ear going, Hey, we need to pound the rock, we need to pound the rock, right? You know, because this is the way I want to play. Um, you know, when I, you know, what was the criticism, whatever that scout was this year, said they like to win games 18 to 17. I mean, pick some random number, like that's the way they're trying to play football games. But I, I don't look, Scott, like his dad, I think, you know, he understands the value of running the football. He also likes the deep, you know, to play the play action, likes to move it, that push it down the field. But Again, he hasn't had the guy who could do that. We have no idea what we would have ever gotten last year had we actually seen Ryan Fitzpatrick for more than a quarter and a half. Uh, I think they would have tried to get to a little bit more of that. And, you know, Taylor, just after time, I mean, his arm's limited. I, I think we, you know, understand that. I think people are aware of that. Um, but, he, you know, look, he's got, you know, we were looking at the game, you know, against Tampa that year in the playoffs. He gets people open. I mean, there's people open. You know, it's a matter of, you know, getting the ball there. Um and those kind of things. I, I think overall, I, I like what he does. I think the idea of having either, you know, Brian um, Robinson in here to be the other back, the one B, or just to be the guy who's like, you know, keeping the heat on Antonio Gibson's not the worst thing in the world. I'm reading the story about Antonio Gibson's changed his diet and all this other stuff. And he does look physically different. And that's good because he's going into year three. Um, and, you know, year two is just okay. Yeah. Uh, the fumbling's a problem. So, yeah, I think that's good. But I, I like the fact that he's got a lot of options this year. But, you know, the microscope's going to be on him for sure if they don't succeed, right? They're going to be like, come on, what the hell is Scott Turner's problem? He's got a quarterback finally. He's got these pieces. And, you know, how does he manage the people too? It's going to be interesting because, you know, Frank Reich, who obviously worked with Carson at the highest of levels. Really good. Yeah. You know, it didn't work there. And, and look, I think Frank Reich, truth be told, had it been up to him, he would still be the quarterback there. Yeah. But it yeah. wasn't up to him. The owner really got – you know, his chest out on this stuff early in the offseason. He wanted to make some big, bold change. And it worked out for them because, you know, maybe it did. I don't know. I think I'm Matt Ryan. I'm not as excited about Matt Ryan as some other people are. But anyway, <laughs> it, it's interesting um, how that whole thing kind of crumbled. Yeah. But I do think this, yeah, I mean, this is the year, Scott, the coordinators are going to be under the microscope. Okay. Um, you know, everybody is. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not one of these people that's going to tell you that Ron Rivera, if he doesn't win 10 games, is fired or anything stupid like that. Because I think we all understand uh, the circumstances he came in on. It's year three. I mean, my God, could anybody ask for more crap to happen outside that you have no control over? Uh, you know, there's and then you're going to go into a coaching search. Please. I mean, give me a break. Plus, place is booby trapped with all the people he's hired. So, I mean, good luck. You know, you're not just replacing a staff at that point. You're replacing everything. I mean, it, yeah. it's incredible. So, come on. that That's just unrealistic to me. So, that's why I think the coordinators, on the other hand, you know, they, they have like, very important to them. And they clearly believe in Scott because they gave him the extension too. So, Yeah, I was going to ask about that. His extension actually outlasts Ron's contract, which I think is interesting. Um, yeah, Del Rio, good. not so much. I think he's, he's going to be on really thin ice this year. No, but no. I, was, I mean, look, he was already – look, people were already kind of down on him 
prior to the the mess over this last week and a half or week or whatever it's been. And um, yeah, I mean, that just that just kind of made it a little bit easier um, for people to kind of be less invested in um, in belief in him. But again, if they come out and play well this year, you know, you'll be you should be shocked how easily people get over it <laughs> um, and, yeah. and be excited about it. But they but they've got to you know they've obviously got to play play much better. There's a lot of investment on that side of the ball that, that has not produced to this point. Although I'll say that, that, and also add, you know, we talked a lot about linebackers last year. We talked to linebackers prior to the draft, talked linebackers after the draft, and they still have the same group of linebackers. So <laughs> I don't know what that's all about. We'll see if that matters or not. Maybe they're just going to play one linebacker. I have no idea. Anthony Barr's still out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and the same D-line coach who uh, <laughs> they had some issues on the D-line last year too, but you know what? Um, I think all in all, we're pretty excited for the season as a whole. Um, I think we all believe that the Terry situation will be resolved uh, and relatively soon. Um, before we let you go, I just want to get your sense on where you feel like this season's going to end up for this team this year. How optimistic are you? Well, like you said, like I think the Terry thing, like he's going to play out one or the other. He's going to be there either with the contract or the big fat contract. He's going to be there going, you know what? All right, I'm going to go out here and show you guys, you know, what uh, what it's going to cost, you know, the price is only going to go up and, you know, or I'm setting the market for myself outside of this place. So I, I think either way, you're going to get the best of Terry McCorn. I, I don't think that's an issue. Uh, you know, my, my concern would be this, you know, like Chase Young still, we don't know when he's going to be ready um, right away. That's a little bit, you know, Logan Thomas, you know, is not putting a timetable on where he is. That, that'll be interesting to watch early. I just hope those guys make the right decisions. Don't rush themselves back, obviously, and, and suffer setbacks. Uh, you know, the offensive line has been retooled, too. I mean, I, I think, again, we say this all the time. Everybody in sports radio says this. Hey, I believe in Coach Matsko. Because you do. Because he's worked with more. With, he's gotten more out of less, for, for sure. But they still have kind of taken a chance in the sense that they're retooling, you know, that interior with those two with those two guard positions. So we'll see how that works out. I liked, I liked um, the draft pick of Robinson. I know a lot of people didn't want a running back that early. But I like him as a player. Uh, I'd like to, I like Mathis, like Phil Mathis, you know, Fidarius, although he says you can call him Phil. So I'm going with Phil, um, in the second round to help that depth there on the D tackle position. Cause they need a rotation there. So, I mean, I think there's some good things. I still, I still have some questions about the back seven that worries me, yeah. um, probably more than anything with like the back seven, like how that's going to work and what we're going to see here is going to be all these, you know, moments where you're watching the game and guys are staring at each other. Like, no, that was you. That was me. You know, <laughs> who knows what, what happened here. But look, the the schedule, and I hate to play the schedule game because I'm always preaching this. You can't do it because every year it's different, yada, yada, yada. However, they're not the same level of quarterbacks on the schedule this year that there were last year. I think we all see that, um, and that was a problem last season. So I think there's a chance for this team to improve to a, to a point where they could at least feel like they should be fighting for a wild card. This division's weird. It rarely goes, you know, rarely the team that wins at the year before is back on top as we all as we know too well since really the Andy Reid Eagle era way back when. So I mean, there's always there's always a lot of like there's always a surprise team in the NFC East, and I would say the Commanders probably are positioned to be that team uh, more so than certainly the Giants. And I think there's a lot of pressure on the Eagles. I mean, we talk a lot around here how this franchise has not handled pressure well over the years. The Eagles have been one of the worst at handling expectations over the years as well. So. I know that because I married into that kind of family. So I'm well aware of how lucky the Eagles can be when there's expectations. Going back to the dream team, uh, Eagles with, you know, that crew. Uh, you know, and again, the year they won the Super Bowl, nobody thought, you know, 
that was going to happen because, oh, they just lost their quarterback season's over. And of course they won the damn Super Bowl, but I still can't get over that. But anyway, so I, I think there's a chance here for, you know, this team, you know, to be, could they win 10 games? Uh, if Carson Wentz plays at a high level, sure. I mean, they can win 10 games for sure, but they got to go out and do it. And defensively, like I said, they got to answer some of those questions early. Absolutely. Hey, Scott, we thank you for your time. Always great having you on. And yeah, thank, uh, you. Luck with everything. thank you guys. Thank you, Ellie, Brian and Eric. Appreciate it. It was good talking to you. Hey, All take right. care. Thanks. All right, thanks. All right, so that was Scott Jackson, you DC radio legend, giving you guys his thoughts on Terry McLaurin. Um, and I think, you know, we generally agree with everything he says there. Um, I asked Scott what his uh, level of optimism was, or level of concern was, excuse me, um, that Terry is not in mini camps and doesn't have a deal yet. He said he's trying to stay a five. Brian, where are you at <laughs> on a scale of one to 10 on the Terry situation? I'm a little bit higher, but uh, I'm I'm a I'm a six, and and I'm at a six only because we knew this was coming our way, right? Like it's not like oh, this is Terry's last year. Wow, no, we knew this was here. And again, if we are to believe the reports that the team had been um, earmarking funds for this particular contract or have been preparing for his contract extension, then what's the problem? Uh, Landon Collins is off, off the books now. What's the problem? Let's get it signed. You have enough negative news going on that, uh, hey, a little bit of good news may uh, may help, uh, could go a long way. But, you know, as we talked about with Scott uh, and uh, we've talked about previously, uh, we are last minute with this team. Uh, we do everything last minute. So I think, uh, uh, I think uh, you know, we do have several more weeks before training camp. So I think, uh, you know, it's not time to get super uh, worried. But uh, it is a little concerning that uh, they haven't done anything. And again, it's an important player, right? We're not talking about signing back, um, you know, a middling type player. You're talking about one of the better players on the team. So uh, I'm at a six, but uh, not 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 to be, uh, you know, staying up uh, uh, late at night yet. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Eric, where are you at? I'm at a one because, <laughs> I mean, honestly, nothing nothing surprises me with this team. So if it goes south, it goes south. It's just the kind of thing that happens to us. Why, why get worked up? Um, I personally still kind of feel like they're going to get something done before camp. Um, but if they don't, whatever. I mean, it's far for the course with this team. Why get upset? Why get anxious? Why get worried? I mean, it was my team and everything, but at this point, meh, who, who cares? We'll get somebody else in here. Yeah. He's my favorite player on the team. I'd love to have him back, but I mean, just that, that type of thing doesn't generally work out for us. So uh, why should this? <laughs> you know, I'm at a, a 5.5 or otherwise known as a five and a half. Um, and the only reason I'm there is because uh, you know, other receivers have gotten their deals. You know what I'm saying? If if none of the other receivers had signed extensions because they're waiting until training camp and so on and so forth, I'd be at like a zero or a one right now. But the other receivers in his class have gotten their deal aside from Debo, who Debo's kind of an exception case. They To me, they're not the same thing because the 49ers could be trying to classify him as a running back and yeah. pay him as such where or you know and he's like no I'm a top fight wide receiver you will pay me that way so I expect that negotiate negotiation to take longer and then the DK Metcalf situation well look they just traded away their top tier quarterback who knows if Debo even wants to play there anymore but um all the other receivers in that sort of group um have gotten new deals so I would expect Terry to have one as well but I'm still 
fully fable that they're going to get one done. Like, I'm not concerned it's not going to get done. I just don't want any ill will to develop along the way. You know, and the longer these things go on, the nastier these conversations get. That's why people tell you, have an agent. So your agent can filter out all this conversation with the team. That's like, with the team saying, well, you're not really that great at this, this, and this, and this. And that's not going directly as feedback to the player because then you start to develop ill will. But Terry does have an agent. I think he happens to be the agent of some of these other receivers that have gotten deals this offseason. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, but at any rate, my optimism, I mean, I, you know, my concern level is a 5.5. So uh, I feel pretty good about this situation. Um, Eric, the, uh, the, the, the point about the franchise tag, right? Because the, the cap situation isn't excellent over the next couple of years. And if you franchise tag somebody, every dollar of that tag counts towards the books the year that you franchise them. And then if you franchise them twice, then you escalate to 120% of the year prior. So there are some real issues if they try to use a franchise tag, especially considering you got to resign Chase, you got to resign Montez, you're going to have to resign, you're going to have to resign Gibson if you want to, you know, guys like that. But, um, you know, it, to me, it certainly seems like the, the best thing to do is get a deal done now. Um, you mentioned that it could benefit them to to use a tag, but um, he's off the books with... when it's over. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to come to that. I, you know, if it, if he doesn't get a contract worked out before training camp, I think they probably will franchise him next season and hope to get something worked out before camp next year. But who knows? Like I said, nothing's yeah. going to surprise me with this team. Just I was just kind of spitballing. You know, it definitely would work out great for Terry, based on you know he's still got two, you know top level contract years and he's still got time left at, you know, before he turns 30 for that, for that next deal. So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening, but, uh, you know, at least it would be off the books after two years. There wouldn't be, uh, you know, dead, dead money. Yeah. Going into his age 30 season. So I know, no, I mean, I agree with the premise. I just think that it's going to cost you other folks if you do that. One of the interesting things, Brian, that is going to be answered out of this and maybe part of why this is um, developing as it is, is that they have to look down the road. You can never do a contract solely focused on today, right. especially a long-term deal, because there are things that matter tomorrow. And, and in this case, tomorrow is 2024, 2025, et cetera. Um, would you, if it came down to it, and you're like, hey, I got this Terry deal, or but I got to let Chase Young walk as an example, um, is that something you'd be willing to do? Or would you say, hey, no, sir, keep me that DN? Uh, I would say uh, when it comes to that to that type of decision, right? I think you could only make that is if it was in the same year. Uh, I think you have to plan on, hey, you have control of Chase now, and um, you know for several more years uh, at this point before his uh, his contract comes into play. You've got the fifth year option, things like that uh, as well too. So I'd have to go, yeah, I'm taking Terry right now because I've got more control over it, right? If if we were talking about, hey, they're both in this year, uh, then I, I may have to go, uh, I may have to go uh, you know, with, uh, with Chase because yeah. – of the uh, of the upside and the ability uh, and the age and uh, and things like that, uh, but right now I don't think we have to worry about uh, kind of making that choice because 
there is so much time and we do have still lots of years of control over Chase um, uh, with his contract in that fifth year as well, too. So, um, no, I think uh, I think that's probably how they're looking at it, though. Right. They're like, hey, get Terry, then get Chase and then we can decide about whoever's left. Uh, I know uh, Montez will come up a little bit before or a year before, uh, but I think those are probably their hard targets. Uh, and then everybody else, you know, uh, they'll make a tough call on them afterwards. Yeah, and one of the issues, again, going back to the franchise tag is, let's say Terry has an outstanding year uh, yeah. with uh, with Wentz uh, in 2023 when they franchise tag him. Skyrocket. Um, and then there's more receiver deals done, too, at that point. So not only is the tag going up, but you also have other receivers. So now if you want to get a long-term deal, that's only going to get more expensive over time. Man, I just want them to, <laughs> to just get it done now. It, it yeah. really does behoove them to get it done now. Push as much uh, cash up front this year as you possibly can to, to really iron that out. So let, let me ask you this, uh, you guys, this. like um, So with Jonathan Allen's contract last year, he called Ron Rivera to, to have him get involved. Um, do we think Ron Rivera is just kind of like, hey, I'm going to let Rob Rogers, the cap guy, and Terry's agent kind of deal with this? Uh, you guys let me know. Call me in in the last hour in case things start to go sideways. Do you think he's uh, involved or he's just leaving it to his team? And that's kind of how it went uh, last year and how it's going right now is both sides are playing hardball. I think there's a difference between Terry McLaurin and John Allen when it comes to retention. Um, I, I would have to believe that Terry's or that Ron in on the conversations with Terry. I'm not saying he's he's discussing numbers with Terry, but just part of the conversation of, hey, we really want to keep this guy, right? Um, I w I'm curious to know if they have like a number that they've kind of said, we're not going past this number, and they've drawn that line in the sand, and that number's like 20 million, 22 million uh, per year, or if this is a conversation that like, um, you know, they, they have flexibility and they're just trying to get it to the lowest price possible, but they will be flexible on it. You know, that, that's the kind of stuff I'm interested in. I have no way of knowing that. Um, and for all we know, they could they could have reached an agreement on parameters of a deal, right? They're just working through some of the fine things they disagree about. Um, you know, like kind of rookie deals and offset language. I'm not saying that specific feature, but there are things like that that could, you know, be uh, the reason that they haven't fully completed this information. So, um, of course, all this is speculation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if Ron's not involved in a conversation at this point with the most uh, franchise-friendly player we've had in forever, uh, I would be a little disappointed. Yeah, I mean, Ron's the, whatever, the head of all football uh, for the team. So he's obviously got some level of involvement just by definition of his job title. He has to be involved. I'm sure he's kept in the loop. You know, I think when they get down to like working out the small details, like Ellie was talking about, that's the kind of stuff Rob Rogers will jump in on. But Rivera, absolutely, there's no question that he's involved in in the, in the numbers. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I just feel like, yeah, they're just trying to. I don't know how close they are. Uh, you know, Terry probably feels one. And you know, it's the whole. You know, the agent has to be. It's an ego thing for the agent and uh, in the in the player. It's like, oh well, this guy got this much. That means I got to get this much. So I'll have yeah. the biggest deal until the next guy signs you know, until DK Metcalf signs or Debo Samuel gets his deal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, Ron Rivera is definitely involved. Um, I still think they will get something done before camp, but we'll see. Uh, real quick on the way out, the Deron Payne uh, situation, he showed up to camp 
yeah. uh, which is good news for me. I, I watched his press conference. I was thoroughly impressed with Deron Payne's press conference. He was talking about uh, Mathis and how, you know, they communicate. They know each other. They're friends. Um, and, you know, he handled himself really well. He said he stayed away from the team because uh, it was voluntary, but now it's mandatory, so he's here. Um, just I'm, I'm happy for Deron Payne, number one, but uh, I still think there's a small chance that he's still here beyond this year. Do you guys agree? Yeah, I think what you guys were talking about of like choosing between Terry and Chase, I think that's they're kind of choosing between Terry and Duran at this point. Um, I think his deal is contingent on getting something done with Terry. Yeah. And if there's, you know, money left over after that, I think Deron Payne may, you know, he's a good candidate to re-up. I don't definitely don't think he's got one foot out the door at this point. I think they're both sides are amicable to him coming back, but I think Terry McLaurin's just more important at this point. Yeah. I think, or I think Durant's. Uh, I think it's, he's gone, right? Like I, I, I think he's going to want more than what we will have after a Terry deal gets done, hopefully, uh, and probably more than the team will want to offer him because uh, I think he's going to want something similar to uh, to John Allen or maybe slightly below. And I don't know if he is worth uh, that type of money. But I don't know if they see him uh, as that type of money either. So uh, I, I think he's gone. I think this is the last year that we'll see. I think he'll probably have a good year because he's he's going to want to see what he can get on that free agent market. I just don't see them giving him a deal when, you know, uh, just like you guys said, we do have some other guys who will be coming up that, you know, have a little bit more importance uh, than him. And again, you you drafted a potential replacement uh, with Fidarian Mathis. And there will be defensive tackles next year in the draft too. So, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I, I I'm, I'm with you there. I can see him leaving, um, but I don't think it's a done deal. I think there's still a chance that he could come back, but it's going to have to be. Uh, there's going to have to be some some cap magic going on if that happens. But I, you know, I think yeah, I'm like probably sixty forty that he's leaving right now, but I won't be surprised either way. Um, and last, I want to get you guys thoughts on this. Um, Eric Bickle, EB from the Junkies, uh, got in our mentions today. Not at us directly, but he was <laughs> he was replying to someone else. And uh, essentially what he was saying was um, somebody was interviewed on Grant and Danny yesterday. I think this was Matt Lombardo uh, at Matt Lombardo NFL. And he said he put it at 65 to 35 that the commanders trade Terry based on his sources. Um, do you buy into that at all? Uh, and Eric, I'll start with you. Do you buy into that, that at all that, you know, it's 65% likely that trade that Terry gets traded, um, you know, come from, uh, Matt Lombardo and EB. Um, I don't know. I don't think anybody's got a number, uh, percentage wise. It wouldn't surprise me if he got traded. Cause as I said before, nothing's going to surprise me with the situation, but, um, I don't think it's at a point where I wouldn't think you could just, you could put that. I think he was just, you know, making headlines, um, you know, putting a, putting a number on it, but, We'll see. You know, those guys are insiders. I'm not. So maybe they know something. I, you know, I, I'll say 50-50. Wow. Okay. What about you, Brad? Um, so, yeah, though they are, quote unquote, insiders. So they have access to information that uh, is a little bit more qualified than all of us. But I would say, what sense does that make? Right. We've kept Terry this long. We've let go all of our leverage. So any team uh, who may need him. Uh, you know, can say, okay, we know you're stuck between a rock and a hard place now. You either have to pay him 
or you're going to have to trade him or release him or not release him, but let him walk. Uh, right. So uh, I, I don't know that that makes much sense for the team to trade him at this point, probably at his lowest, uh, you know, potential uh, value um, because right. He's at that time where he needs a contract. So I don't know who's going to give up a high draft pick or multiple draft picks and then turn around and give uh, a big uh, a big contract. Uh, you know, maybe there is a team who's willing to do that, but it just seems like uh, they squandered um, any kind of leverage they had in a trade. So if that's what they're hoping on now to go and trade them, it just it doesn't make much sense. So again, they're insiders; they have access to better information than all of us sitting on the couch. So they do, uh, you know, they probably do know a ton more than we do. But it just it doesn't add up to me. Um, so hopefully it's not true because I, I want Terry here, but. Uh, um, it just uh, that that's a tough one to believe that that's their plan this whole time was to trade them. Yeah, as the kids say, that's cap. No, I'm kidding. I don't say that. But um, <laughs> I look. I I think I have that, no idea. <laughs> so obviously, like you guys said, those guys have sources. But a large percentage of the time, the sources that insiders have are who say it with agents, you, the agents, right? And, uh, you know, who benefits from that information being out there? The agent, right? Um, number one, because it puts pressure on this organization to get something done. It causes a wave. It causes a reaction. People get up in arms. And then now they feel pressure. They have to do something. All I'm trying to say is I really hope it never even comes to anything close to that because this team had three years to figure out that Terry McLaurin didn't have a fifth-year option because he's a third-round pick and he needs to be paid. None of that stuff should matter at this point. I don't think he gets traded. I don't think it's likely he gets traded. I I don't know who at this point in the season who needed a number one wide receiver um, wouldn't have addressed that in the draft or free agency or something else already at this point. You're going into minicamp. It's June 14th for Pete's sake. So um, the other thing I will say is, look, if Terry goes anywhere, it would be New England, okay? Because nah. he would go right in with Bill Belichick. He'd go he to the Rams. <laughs> the Rams. He's going to get traded anywhere. He's going to the Rams because they get everybody. <laughs> He's not going anywhere. But man, They're going to re Odell Terry. and yeah. sign Terry, trade for Terry. <laughs> All of them will get $100 million. Trade 2036 first-round pick for Terry McLaurin. <laughs> yeah, so um, all in all, uh, we're all in agreement. Terry's back and starting for us real soon, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's, Nothing it's, surprises it's, me. <laughs> Eric, your level of optimism tonight is not where I wanted to be I'm tonight. Very man. feeling very nihilistic tonight. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Uh, I just if if Terry gets his deal, I mean, how how amazing was it though last year to Jonathan got his deal and then he played well. Usually that doesn't work out for us. We get we give somebody the deal and they break their leg or they just play miserable. I mean, it worked. I mean, how great would it be? Terry gets his deal, twelve hundred yards receiving, nine touchdowns coming. I mean, how great would that be? Yeah, because today's deal. Or yesterday's deal is today's bargain is what they say, right? So if we give Terry a big deal and then he balls out with a real quarterback and wins this year, nobody's ever going to cry about the $25 million a year that he's getting, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, even if he becomes the highest paid receiver in the league this year, he's going to be 10th next year because that's just how the league works. Exactly. Exactly. The cap keeps going up and, you know, things keep think, you know, th these things always change. By the way, uh, the interwebs are uh, chirping for the Packers to trade for Terry McLaurin, just so you know. Oh, okay. Um, I can see that. I can see that. Um, I wanted to look up who the free agents next year uh, are because we were just talking about kind of 
um, you know, what would happen and who might need a deal uh, next season. Um, but I don't think I'll be able to get to the information time. I don't see a lot of Nikhil Harry. <laughs> yeah. To get released. I'll tell you what, next year's wide receiver free agent class is looking like some garbage. So if Terry wants to hold out and just play this year out, he can get $200 million next year. Good God. Nelson Aguilar, Sterling cool. Shepard, DJ Chark, I think it is, Randall Cobb. Like this is. Whoo. That's an awful list wow. of you. Not pretty. Not pretty. DK so, yeah. Metcalf, probably. Oh, no, yeah. He's this year. Well, yes, he no, will. You're right. Yes. Yeah, he'd be a free agent next year if nothing happens. He needs to get extended this year, is what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, holy smokes. And then the group in 2024, who would then get a contract next year. Um, Justin man, Jefferson DK, would be one. DK's not staying in Seattle. Think about they have no quarterback yeah. there. He's not going to wait. Uh, on another guy to come in, be drafted, and develop. So he's he's almost assuredly gone. So I don't even know if he's uh, going to try to hold out for a contract. He may just be like, I'm, I'm playing this year and I'm getting out uh, so he can go get a big contract somewhere else. So I don't buy that. I think uh, Seattle, not to get off topic, but Seattle's going to bring another quarterback real soon, uh, probably next year. Sleeper pick for Baker. Uh, Ooh. Uh, Baker's going to Carolina. I think yeah. they they've been in talks about good. that. So I, just, I think Seattle, like maybe a couple games in the season, they bring back Camp or not bring back, but they sign Camp. Nah, not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Next year, <laughs> next year though, they're gonna go uh, number one overall. But nobody listens to this cares about Seattle. So, um, and anyway, uh, all right, fellas. You know what? Terry will be back soon. Everybody, hold your head. Don't get all you know. Look, it's it's a good conversation because this is what's happening to our team right now. But trust in us. Terry's coming back. Thank you once again to Scott Jackson, DC radio legend for coming to hang with us tonight. Shout out to ODU and everybody else's alma mater, wherever you went, we are proud of you. Uh, Have a great weekend. Tell a friend to tell a friend, spread the word, check out the site, WFTDclassified.com. The numbers are blowing up. Thank you for reading our content and all of that. We are out of here. Peace. Mm -hmm.